millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Big Brother. Have you ever heard of the concept? It's a conspiracy theory involving governmental surveillance of its people, listening in and watching in a totalitarian society. There is no hiding and there's no escaping. This, of course, is just a conspiracy theory. Today, though, we are going to put Big Brother to the test. One man by the name of Brian Schaefer would be seen on security camera entering a bar with his friends. But the security camera never sees him leave. And no one has ever seen him since. Hey, how's it going? My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. True crime podcast. What's up? Woohoo! It sounds like this is going to be a doozy one. You, you think so? I think so. Why? What about, about it makes you say it's going to be a doozy? Uh, it already has my mind going a mile a minute. Join the club. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> before we dive into details, though, we got some stuff to talk about. Um, of course, we're going to start off with our lovely patrons. Shall yeah. we? Yeah, we have quite a few this uh, week. Well, we're doing two weeks. So because um, the Q&A we recorded early, uh, we didn't thank patrons on that one. Yeah, because we usually record like hours before it's posted. Yeah, that's our jam. And that one was days before. So uh, so we are doing some backtracking, making sure we thank all our patrons who signed up for the past two weeks. Uh, so those patrons who signed up over to support us there are Amanda Robertson, Amanda Patchell, Alicia, Melissa, Katie Long, Patricia Brimicombe, Lori Allen, Rayleigh Richards, Victoria Lowther, Kathy Kay, Timberly, and Jessa Smith. Amazing. I'm pretty sure I butchered most of your names, and I'm sorry for that. Well, that's <laughs> just your charm. We got a good charm for that. Is it charm or is it just a curse? I think you're going to go with charm. Oh, fair enough. I can't argue that. Yeah. Actually, some people, well, some people are annoyed. Practice your pronunciation. Then some people are like, I love how you pronounce shit. Well, it's it's who we are. We do try. It's not yeah. like we're just not trying. And people need to remember, too, we're not a high budget podcast. We're not a high production podcast. It's just us in our tiny home, right? Yeah. Having fun. Yeah. But anyway, if you were one of those or if you're on our Patreon, thank you so much for like your support. It yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you are not a Patreon you're and you're just listening and yeah, hanging out, you're here with us. We appreciate that just the same. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Literally anyone that's hearing this. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you. Did we, oh, did we say thank you? <laughs> I don't think we did. One more time. <laughs> thank you. 
Uh, yeah. So thank you so much to the patrons. Um, we did a, a Q and a last episode. That's why we kind of got those two weeks to thank Nicole was on vacation. Yeah. So what did everyone think of that Q and a? That was fun. I feel like that was super fun. We divulged some info. We got through all the questions. There was a massive amount. Yeah. Um, I think you guys might have learned a couple things about us. Maybe a few things, hey? Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed it. It was fun doing that and getting to get to know you guys a little bit more on that that level. So hopefully it was it was worth the listen for you. Yeah. And I went down to the Okanagan. So I was down for five nights, I think, visiting friends and a bunch of family and sending some time at the lake, floating in the water, which and swimming and I love swimming. So yeah. fun. And Look, we don't we never do it here. We, we don't. never go swimming. We're too busy. And even if there is time, there's too many mosquitoes. Yeah. Or the water's cold. Really cold. Welcome. Down there, it was a bit warmer. So welcome to Canada, eh? Welcome to northern BC, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm definitely jealous. I didn't get to go on vacation. I had to stay home, look after the doggos and work. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, it's all good. But the nice thing about it, though, while you were on vacation, I got to take care of the last few little details of the Wicked and Grim giveaway for the Wicked Box. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, and the final stage is all wrapped up and everything. And we just did an Instagram live tonight and uh, we drew our winner. Yeah, it was very exciting. Yeah. So if you want to go see the live drawing, I mean, it's re- recorded now. It's You'll see it post, but it is a, a unedited live stream. Yeah, where we actually like drew the name from a mason jar full of pieces of paper. We went, <laughs> old, we went old school. Yeah, it yep. was perfect. And uh, showed all the different things that are going to be in the, the wicked box. Mm-hmm. So we showed it all and then we drew the name and the name. Can I get a drum roll? Was Sheila Degani. I really hope I'm saying her name right. But Sheila is actually a patron as well. She supports us over on Patreon. Super awesome. And made it through all the steps of the Wicked Giveaway. And those steps included um, figuring out secret passwords, finding secret links on her website, um, figuring out Morse codes, uh, deciphering uh, Caesar cipher codes, taking hints and clues, you name it. She made it all the way through. And then finally was the draw winner. Of so the Wicked Box. Awesome. And we had, what, 47 people that made it that far, hey? A total of 47 people Which made it all the way through. is mind-blowing. I mean, I knew it would be fun, and I knew a lot of people would be into it, but I just didn't actually quite think. It was a lot to it. There was a lot to it. Oh, yeah. We and took a lot of time putting that thing together. Yeah, and so that many people that went about it and had a blast, like, that was just awesome. Yeah, so, so thank good. you for... Sheila and everyone else who took part in it, whether you made it all the way through or not, thank you for taking part and enjoying it as much as we did alongside us. Yeah, I would say it was a success and that we may have to do it again one day. Um, Definitely agree with that. There we go. Yeah. Anything else we got to cover? Mm, I don't think so. No, I got a black cat running around my feet right now. Ooh. Yeah. Spooky. We are entering spooky season. We are actually. We You're getting are. amped. I like. I literally just know. Well, and it's already becoming a bit fall up here. It is. Leaves are starting to fall, which is wild. And if I'm being honest, I'm actually getting really excited for fall mountain biking. Are you? Well, just less hot, hey? Less hot. That cold, crisp air going through the fog, the leaves on the trail. Hells to the yes. It's starting to be slippery though, hey? Yeah, but it's going to be so cool and look so awesome. Think of the gram, yo. All for the gram. All for the gram. Yeah. That, that's why I mountain bike, specifically for the gram. Pretty much. And you have to have the best of gear for that, right? 100%. Got to look good. <laughs> if you don't look good, are you actually any good? Are you actually a mountain biker? <laughs> right. Oh my god. all about the name brands. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, it's all about you ride what you got. That's exactly. what Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, spooky season's coming up. We're going to be doing some cool things for Halloween again this year. So remember that. But that aside, are you ready to get into the case today? I'm totally ready. You're totally ready for it? Yeah, I need to know what's going on here. Well, heads up for anyone who doesn't like them. Uh, this is an unsolved case. This is a mystery. So just so you know, this one. Dang. Is, this is getting into rabbit holes. This is getting into theories. I love these ones. You love it. Yeah. So buckle up. <laughs> Our story takes place on April 1st of 2006. Oh, wow. With a man by the name of Brian Schaefer. Okay. okay. Now, Brian was 27 years old. Uh, he was born on 20, February 25th of 1979. Brian grew up in Pickerton, a suburb of outside of Columbus, Ohio. He had two younger brothers, and he was the eldest son of Randy and Renee Schaefer. He graduated high school in 1997, and from there, went on to pursue an impressive educational path at Ohio State University, or known as OSU. Sounds like a good start. There, for six years, he worked his ass off until he graduated with a degree in microbiology. Oh, wow. Definitely a study that takes time, patience, skill, and smarts, right? Yeah, no kidding. Now, Brian clearly had all these things as he pushed through it to come out proudly with that degree in hand. This wasn't the end of his post-secondary career, though. Brian had more ambitions even still. He would go on to begin his studies at OSU for the College of Medicine in 2004 to eventually become a doctor. Wow, good for him. Right? That's very impressive. Setting the bar high. Yeah, so he also, he must have been like, I don't know. High achiever, smart. Very smart, very high achiever. Yeah. Um, and by this time, honestly, Brian can quite literally be described as tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> literally. <laughs> like he, full package pretty much, oh, eh? Oh, 100%. He had that like neatly kind of slash messy brown hair, uh, glowing hazel eyes. He stood six foot two inches tall and weighed approximately 165 pounds. Wow. He was quite literally Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous, glowing smile. I mean, no homo, but man, he's he's pretty. Just saying. <laughs> and had the resume to back him up, really, too. Definitely. Uh, so it wasn't long before, you know, Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome was able to find himself romantically involved. Uh, Alexis Wagoner was also a medical student. And Alexis and Brian, or sorry, Alexis was described on Brian's MySpace profile page at the time as awesome and amazing. Aww. Yeah. Like that's how he described her. Correct. On his MySpace profile. Oh, I love that. Gotta love the MySpace days, hey? Yeah. It takes us back. It does take us back. <laughs> what? Like we need some some social media to kick it up like that again. Remember like all the animations you could have on your page, your favorite song we playing. You could change the colors and all this. Why don't we have that now? Why can't you do that on Instagram or Facebook or anything? TikTok. Yeah, you can't really, hey? You get At like, all. There's like, there's hardly anything that you can do to really, well. You get a profile picture. You get picture, your profile picture. You get a description and then whatever you post to your feed. I mean, that you can have on Instagram, you can have like highlights and stuff, but. Yeah, but that's still technically part of your feed, right? Yeah, it still also look very like pristine and you can't really make it your own. Yeah, it's got like everyone's profile is the same template. Mm -hmm. The only way it's a different template is that blue verified check mark which even still is a part of a template so what would music would you have blaring when someone came oh god um 
<laughs> Probably Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Yeah. That's like one of my all-time favorite songs. Come on now. Nice. It's either going to be that or I'm going to go like my pop punk skater days with like some Avril Lavigne. I don't know, some mm. Fallout Boy, Billy Talent, you know. Love that stuff. There you go. Yeah. How about you? I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> don't know. I would. Well, if it was now, I would probably have some like Zen chill, like chill hot music for right Love now. Back yeah. then, I'm not really sure. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It, oh, it'd probably be that theme song from One Tree Hill. That's what you'd have. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Thanks for just calling me out there. You know, I'm not wrong. You know, I'm right. I was actually obsessed with um, that. And OC, too. Actually, OC is like on Netflix or something now. I need to rewatch that. Yeah, you should. I think that'd be amazing. Uh, okay. Sorry. This this tangent aside, we digress. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexis would actually later describe Brian in her interview as well as brilliant, handsome, sweet, loyal, and caring. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. Well, it's not perfect because we're talking about it, but it sounds awesome so far. Yeah. The love the two had for one another, it was clear that like they loved each other. There was no doubt about that. Aww. So much so that Alexis actually, along with many of her families and friends, believed that Brian was about to propose to her soon. Ooh. Now, where and how? Well, why not on the trip to Miami that the two had booked together for spring break? There you go. That sounds perfect. Right? Hitting up the beach or something. Yeah. Now, especially considering Brian loved tropical locations such as Miami. He loved the beach. Um, he was just like many of us, honestly, who lived a, dreamed of living that good life on a beach. You know, sand between your toes, the sound of the ocean waves crashing in front of you. He dreamed of it. He lived for it. Um, and if I'm being completely transparent, probably with a cold drink in your hand as well. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I see it. But Yeah, I mean, that's living the life right there. 100%. Uh, so Brian may have been a really good looking guy who was succeeding through his tough trials of becoming a doctor, but that didn't mean he was above your average guy. He liked to relax. He liked that lifestyle just like everybody else. In fact, he was a little bit more like any, everyone else than we realize. He would often dream of sitting back, relaxing, and just playing his guitar and doing that for his life. In fact, he even told friends that despite of his decisions to pursue a medical career, his real ambitions was to start a band playing music. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey? Okay. Particularly following the same sort of genre as Jimmy Buffett. Huh. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Jimmy Buffett and his music, uh, he is a singer slash songwriter slash entrepreneur. I should say that too, because he's worth like millions. Um, he would, uh, you know, tell tales of his long days in the beach and the warm sun. That's how he would sing his songs. Uh, followed, of course, by the cool evening drinks and good company, right? Uh, he's, sorry, I lost my spot here. He's the artist behind songs such as It's Five O'Clock Somewhere, Why Don't We Get Drunk, Hey Good Looking, Cheeseburger in Paradise, and Margaritaville. Awesome. Those are like all so good. Right? So those are the sort of songs that he's listening to. And those are the sort of things that he's kind of following the ambition of. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Buffett paints this picture and he loves this idea and this lifestyle. So that is his dream. So Jimmy Buffett preaches this easy life, so on and so forth. And it is music Brian's ears. But he also had other artists that he had favorite songs of too. Uh, He also had uh, Pearl Jam, who was another favorite artist of his. In fact, he even had the Pearl Jam jam logo tattooed on his upper right arm oh wow that's like serious fan hey definitely and honestly i can vouch for brian both these two artists are incredibly amazing artists very different style of music but they're both amazing Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so back to Brian and Alexis, so not just the music, um, before they could actually hit up the beach in Miami, Miami and potentially get engaged, something unexpected occurred. It was only a couple months before they planned the trip. Brian was in his second year at OSU pursuing his career as a doctor. Um, and in March of 2006, Brian's mother unexpectedly passed away. Oh my goodness. No. Yeah. Um, I'm going to butcher the type of... Uh, what she was diagnosed with here, but bear with me. I did practice pronouncing this multiple times, but it didn't work out anytime I tried. Um, here we go. Myelodysplasia. 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 I think is how it is. No, oh, I haven't even ever heard of that. Uh, it's a type of cancer which uh, immature blood cells in the bone marrow do not mature and become healthy cells. Essentially. Dang. Yeah. Um, and Google describes early symptoms as typically none, but later symptoms may include feeling tired, shortness of breath, bleeding disorders, disorders, uh, anemia, or frequent infections. Huh. So tragic, honestly. And Google takes so many people away. It's it's absolutely cancer. Horrible. Or sorry, cancer. Google. Google. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I googled the symptoms. I said yeah. that right. So no, but it does. It is this. It's on. <laughs> Google takes so many lives. I know. I was like, oh, sorry. What do cancer. I say to that? But yeah, no. It honestly does. It's just like the worst. It's it the worst. Yeah. Uh, so Brian's friends knew this was hard on him, uh, and it would be, f you know, for many people to realize like it's not something that he was able to actually hide. He tried, but it was pretty obvious to people if they they looked at him, you know, they they see he's tired, he's not quite who he used to be, right? Oh yeah, well it's constantly on his mind and then the fact that he she's not going to be there when he grad graduates med school, that's a big deal. Exactly. And Brian was close with his mother and his family, so it would certainly be hard to witness a loved one suffering from something like this, right? Mm -hmm. And so his friends knew it was hard on him, not because, like I said, he showed it or talked about it a lot. They just knew from being good friends and seeing slight changes in him. Yeah. Uh, so not to say that these changes were, like I said, drastic, but Brian, you know, did kind of become a bit of a different person. All these subtle things. So kind of people kept their eye out on him as best they could. So as such... Uh, he tried not letting things get to him too much. He pushed on. He didn't want to talk about his troubles too much. He just kept trying to go on, stay strong, and continue with, you know, his uh, pursuing medical career. Now, that brings us to Friday, March 31st. Brian's classes at OSU came to an end for spring break. And soon, he'd be traveling to Miami with his girlfriend, Alexis. Mm -hmm. So, this was drawing closer. And Brian and his father, Randy, went out to celebrate his current success of his classes and nice. the upcoming break by going out for a steak dinner. Right on. So they enjoyed an early evening together in each other's company and honestly, probably reminiscing over memories they shared of Brian's decent, recently deceased mother. Because it was that month, that er, earlier that month that the mom had passed away. It was in March, right? You said? Yes. Okay. So yeah, really not that long ago. Yeah. So it's very, very fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Brian's father, during this dinner, noted that Brian, again, didn't quite seem himself. He seemed exhausted. And from conversations, it most likely was having pulling all-nighters from earlier in the week, cramming for upcoming exams. And again, probably from the recent family stress. Brian was also telling him that he had some other plans that evening to go out with friends for some celebrations too. But this didn't quite sit right with him. He didn't think Brian should be going out with friends. He should probably be resting and catching up on his sleep. He had some rough times recently. And now, you know, 
it was the perfect opportunity to close his eyes and recharge, especially before his vacation. Yep. His dad was looking out for him. He was. That's some good advice right there. However, he didn't actually say this out loud to his son. Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, after all, Brian is an adult. He can make decisions for himself. He's 27 years old. You know, he wasn't doing anything dangerous. He wasn't doing anything reckless. So who's to say he can't go out and spend some time with his friends before vacation? Yeah. Right. It's gosh. his decision. His dad had some great advice and he just kept it to him. And this yeah. is, ugh, hate that. So he did. He just kept his thoughts to himself and just enjoyed the rest of his dinner with his son before they went their separate ways. And unfortunately, this would be the last time that he saw his son. Dang. Okay. Yep. I knew this was coming. So after dinner with his father, Brian met up with his friends, William, Clint, Florence. Clint, I'm not sure if it's a legal name or a nickname. I'm pretty sure it's a nickname. Okay. Um, so Clint was also a former roommate. Um, they met up at 9 p.m. and they started their night out by heading to the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Whoa. Yeah. A bar in South Campus Gateway Complex on the high streets of Columbus. Sounds like quite the bar. Right. Love that name. Honestly, <laughs> I may have wrote it more in this podcast than I should have, but I wrote it specifically because I have fun saying the name. Oh my goodness. So just saying that. <laughs> so it was nothing new for the two of them to go out for drinks together. They were good friends and somewhat drinking buddies, if you will. It was just another night out of two friends having a good time. As simple as that. So at about 10 p.m., about an hour after they arrived at the ugly Tuna Saluna, Brian gave his girlfriend uh, Alexis a call, who would have just returned to her home in Toledo, Ohio, to visit her family before the two of them went on their vacation in Miami for spring break. Okay. So they talked on the phone for a bit, and they kind of reconvened with their plan. And he told Alexis his evening plans, you know, to go bar hopping with his friend, and they'd catch up on sleep. And then in the next couple days, they would meet up at the airport on Monday in the morning to go proceed on their vacation. Right. Simple as that. So he's planning ahead. Planning he's planning ahead. He's planning yeah. ahead. He's being responsible. He's talking to her. He's making sure everyone, everything's on the same page. Yeah. Nothing suspicious. Not nothing at all. weird. Just another night having fun and everything's out in the open. Just other than him being a bit tired, right? Or yeah, a little he's just, exhausted. Yeah, yeah, he's just overtired, overworked, whatever you want to say. But he's definitely... Exhausted is a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. So after the phone call, Brian and Clint began their bar hopping. They left the ugly tuna saluna <laughs> <laughs> after about four or so shots together and began visiting several other bars and working their way down the arena district in Columbus. At each stop, the two would have one shot together before moving on to the next place. Sounds like a good night, you know? It does, actually, yeah. That's... Finding different places, having different drinks, and moving on. Yeah, that's actually kind of, sounds super fun. Yeah, although I can tell you right now, my drinking is not up to par. They're at like five or six shots by now or so. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to call it a night at like, you know what? It's 11 or so. I'm done. You're like, good night, <laughs> good night guys. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I can't hold it like I used to. Let's say that. We're getting old. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So sometime after midnight, Brian and Clint met up with Meredith Reed, a friend of Clint's from the North Shore, where she gave them a ride back to the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Oh, that was their favorite one, eh? Yeah, right back to where the bar hopping began. And she joined them for some more good times and their last round of the evening at 1.15 p.m. 
Okay. So once they arrived at 1.15 and they got inside, however, Clint and Meredith quickly lost sight of Brian inside. It's a busy bar with lots of people all over the place, so it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. Especially since there were two girls there that were friends of Clint's and Brian began to strike up, strike up conversation with them. So he was probably off making new friends, having a good time. After a while, though, the two began to look for him, you know, trying to figure out where he was. And they couldn't find him. So they began to call him on his phone several times, but no answer. Again, though, it's not terribly weird. We're looking at like almost 2 a.m. in the morning. Everyone's having lots of drinks. He's probably distracted. It's probably super loud. I guarantee you, I'm not going to be answering my phone. I mean, he could have found someone in there that he knew or something, but yeah. still like slightly alarming. I think I would be starting to get a bit alarmed. Well, I mean, you're in the same room. You're in the same bar, right? Well, he's somewhere around here, right? Mm -hmm. So at 2 a.m., 45 minutes after they arrived at the bar, uh, the bar would close. Clint and Meredith quickly left the bar and waited outside patiently for Brian to come out with the groups of patrons who were leaving. So they were out there in advance, just moments before everyone else flooded out so they can watch and try and yeah. pick them out, right? Okay. <clears throat> so they looked into the crowds of people passing through the exit door and making their way down the sidewalks as they stumbled into the night. With each new face they saw, they expected Brian's to be the next one to follow. But he didn't. The bar emptied out and Brian was nowhere to be found. The two assumed Brian had probably left on his own accord quietly as not to disturb the rest of their evening. After all, I'm sure many of us have actually been in a position where we try to quietly leave a social situation without being noticed, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. abnormal. No, that's that's totally fair. But I mean, they were spending the whole night together. You think that he yeah. would have been like, okay, hey, I'm off. Well, they're thinking this must have been the case with Brian, though. I mean, it was a long night. He had big plans coming up. He had a lot of stress in his shoulders. Mm -hmm. He was uh, already exhausted. Yeah. He was exhausted. His mom had recently passed away. His friends are thinking he might be proposing to his girlfriend soon. He's got a lot going on that he's not expressing out loud. Right. Maybe he's he was done. He just wanted to back off and not disturb their night. Yeah. Right. Because he might have didn't want them to feel bad like they had to leave as well or something. Exactly. Yeah. So they decided, you know what? He probably left not wanting to bother anyone. Maybe wants to be alone. So we're not going to bother him either. And they kind of went on their way, assuming he just went to his home apartment. And that's that. I don't love that, though. I'm not loving this. <laughs> what, what about it? Aren't you loving? Well, I mean, because like what happens if he was actually in danger? Like, I don't know if I would be able to just be like, oh, like justify in my head. They're fine. Whatever. Like, I feel like I would need to go and check on them and know. Before I went to sleep kind of thing. Fair enough. Well, the next morning came, Saturday morning, and both Alexis and Brian's father couldn't get a hold of him. They tried phoning him, and Dang. they both didn't have success. So Saturday morning had came, and it also passed, with still no word from him. Sunday came, and Alexis oh. began to get worried. Well, yeah. This wasn't like Brian. She's always able to get a hold of him. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make plans for Miami. though. They're meeting like the next day at that point. Yeah. Though, to be fair, the plans are already laid out. But, I mean, they're excited. They're probably going to be talking about it. Oh, what are you packing? Or whatever. Who knows, Well, they right? probably chatted almost every day or a few times a day. I would assume so. So, eventually, Monday morning rolled around. Oh, boy. The day where they were scheduled to leave for their vacation in Miami. And at the airport... Brian was nowhere to be found. He didn't show up. He missed his flight. 
And this was the last straw. Brian was officially reported missing and the investigation would begin. Police would be baffled and Brian would, as of recording this podcast, never be seen again. Dang. Oh my gosh. I just don't like this. I'm actually surprised it went that far. I mean, I get that Monday would be you're missing your flight. Like, okay, yeah, final straw thing. But Mm -hmm. up. I mean, even Sunday, I think. Well, put it into this perspective. He was out till 2 a.m. Saturday morning. He's got a lot of stress on him. He's probably going to be super hungover. Saturday is probably a write-off. True. So maybe he's passed out, super hungover for the entire day. Give him space Saturday, okay? Okay. So Sunday could theoretically be when the concerns really start. Well, I haven't heard from him. Maybe, where is he, right? So Sunday could theoretically be the first day concerns start and then monday morning misses his flight yeah something's wrong yeah well definitely something's wrong at that point but i i would be pretty darn concerned prior to Mm -hmm. so in the coming weeks alexis would visit brian's apartment over and over again and she admittedly sobbed into his bed hoping and wishing he would just show up and just walk through that door but He wouldn't. My heart just sunk when you said that. There was no sign of him. The only thing police found regarding... Brian, sorry. Stumbled that (laughs) sentence. That was a weird (laughs) sentence. The only thing police found regarding Brian during their investigation was video surveillance footage at the Ugly Tuna Saluna the night of his disappearance. Okay. So the security surveillance footage which is available online, by the way. You can go take a look. Yeah. It shows Brian, Clint, and Meredith entering the bar at 1.15 a.m. via a set of escalators. Okay. So it goes up onto the second floor. So it's like a kind of a big bar. It's definitely a big bar. So Brian is seen casually leaning on the side of the escalators as they're going up and they enter the bar. Then at about 1.55 a.m., five minutes before closing time. So five minutes before the bar is closed. Mm-hmm. He is seen again by the top of the escalators, happily talking to two of Clint's friends. Those two prior ones that we okay, mentioned. Yep. And only a few feet away stands a couple of security guards. They do not look alerted or anything looks suspicious. So clearly there's no cause for alarm, at so, least at this stage. So this is five minutes before the bar is closing and there's he's seen, but no issues or nothing. Correct. Okay. Now, at the end of this clip at 1.55 a.m., Brian walks off screen back into the direction of the bar. I mean, you can't guarantee he's back into the bar specifically, but I mean, he's, he's going in the bar. There's not really anywhere else to go. So okay. it's he's going in the bar. Um, and after that, Brian is never seen exiting the bar. The video shows him enter, but it never shows him leave. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, well, is there is there video co- 
or cameras on every single exit of that bar though? Let's get into that. Okay. So there are two entrances slash exits in the bar, both which are fully covered by surveillance. One of the entrances has the escalators heading down to the uh, main floor from the second floor. And this is where the cameras saw Brian twice, the ones where we just previously talked about. And this, and then there's the second one that's also covered with security cameras. So after that, there's also a high balcony overlooking the street below from the second story that is not covered by security cameras. Now, it is a possible exit route, but unlikely, especially for someone who would be quite intoxicated. You'd have to be climbing down. He probably wouldn't have climbed. I don't think climbing is really an option. I think it's leaping. And <laughs> someone leaping from a second story building as intoxicated as he would have been, he is going to get severely injured. Yes. So that's almost a write-off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Finally, there is one more exit that is not covered by cameras. A back service door. Now to exit through here, you must exit the bar, but stay inside the building. Then you need to use an elevator and some back stairs in a kind of like a fire escape type fashion, but enclosed in the building. You know, like those emergency stairs that are on the outside of buildings, oh, yeah. but not the ones outside. It's like the last internal hallway. You know what I mean? No, I have no idea. Do you know the fire escape stairs that are like typically on the outside yes, of buildings? Yes, 100%. Imagine that, except it's just inside. Okay, okay. Kind of like stairs like that. Okay. Uh, so you need to go down an elevator and a set of those to get to the main floor where you exit through a service door. And this service door goes into an industrial area, which is at the time under very heavy construction. Okay. So the lead investigator on this even said navigating this area sober would not be easy. And it's dark. Yeah, let alone inebriated. Huh. But then, I mean, if he did that, then I'm assuming like his body would be found kind of thing, you know? And well, we'll, we'll touch on some of that. Um, but yeah, the questions do, do come up. Like, was this his exit? Was this how he leave the bar? And if so, why? And what happened to him afterwards? Uh, so there have been no signs of him since that night. The bar was turned upside down, inside out, but nothing. I could imagine it was. I'm actually very shocked that I assumed that he wouldn't have been seen after entering at like 115. So I'm very surprised that there was footage of him at 155. Mm-hmm. And also, if it, I don't wonder how many people were leaving at, at two. Like maybe he literally just couldn't be seen on the footage. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to touch on pretty much everything you're saying. Okay, here. sorry. I'll no, that, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> Get all these thoughts out. I'm just not going to respond. I have a it's million coming. thoughts going on. I'm just. Okay, well, let, let's hit me with some. Because like I say, I'll just tell you if it's coming or we can talk about it now. I I just very much so think it's a high possibility that he could have exited the bar without being seen, okay. in my opinion. Okay. That is what I think would have happened. Okay. Hold on to that theory. We will come back to it. Okay. okay? Sounds good. Um, so like I was saying, though, the bar was turned upside down and inside out. Uh, there was even no purchases made in his credit card. No cell phone usage after that. Oh, wow. No passport activity. Nothing. Wow. He simply vanished. And now this is where theories begin. So first and foremost, the main theory, of course, some sort of altercation. This theory says somewhere along the night or somewhere, somehow, Brian ran into some unruly people. 
whether it be on the streets or in the ugly tuna saluna, another bar, maybe someone from past, who knows, some sort of individual with some sort of altercation occurred. Now, somewhere inside the bar is where things went wrong. Now, with that there, more theories can be generated as what could happen to remains of an individual if this were to happen. Were remains removed secretly, left inside the bar? How were they disposed of? That sort of thing. So that's a whole other can of of theories. I'm not going to dive into those unless you have one you specifically want to talk about. Well, because I imagine, I mean, he didn't wasn't reported missing until Monday. So, I mean, there would have been time to dispose of something, I suppose. But then also, if he was chatting with those girls at 155, would they... I'm, is it come up at all if they say if, that he was agitated or something, anything was wrong? Um, I have nothing from those two girls, no. Okay. But there is something about maybe an altercation, minor altercation that we'll talk about here shortly. Okay, because I just feel like those, that conversation that he was having could be a, a big piece of this puzzle potentially. Could be. But again, though, the security camera, he was completely fine. Security footage of him next to security guards who are completely casual, not alerted to anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but who knows what he was saying to them. That's true. That's true. Um, So next theory, the construction site exit. Mm -hmm. So some argue he did exit out that back door to the construction site. While there, he stumbled around drunk and maybe got caught in equipment or of something like that. Or maybe he fell into a pit. And there maybe he laid passed out or maybe even deceased. Then in the waking hours of the morning, construction workers would begin their shift. Maybe the first task of the day was to pour fresh concrete into a hole. A hole that may now be Brian's unwilling grave. Yeah. Before you went there, I went there. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is, uh, I mean, I just think you would see the body, but it's a possibility, I suppose. Most likely. Um, however, I do want to point this out. The construction site also had security cameras and though none were pointed at the exit door specifically, there were very few options to get through the construction site without getting caught on camera. And yet Brian was still not seen. Okay. Okay. So then I don't think that's necessarily what happened at all. Mm -hmm. Next theory, Brian skipped town. Yep. So we know that Brian dreamed of a different life. You know, it was one that was going down a different path in real life. And he had this idea of something else. And he wasn't shy of talking about this. It something he spoke openly with friends. You know, he wanted to be a singer, start a band and go play on beaches and live that kind of bohemian life that uh, Jimmy Buffett sings about sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't that he didn't love Alexis. Or the idea of becoming a doctor. It just that he really loved the beach life, the music life. So did he skip town, leave another country or leave to another country for his dreams? Now, I can't speak on that per se. But what I can say with this theory, um, in 2022, there is something that came up. And I can't talk about this without mentioning this. Sorry, not 2022, 2020. Um, So in 2020, a photo of an alleged homeless American in Tijuana, Mexico, began making its rounds on the internet. This homeless man just so happens to look a lot like Brian Schaefer. Seriously, hey? A lot like Brian. Because, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if this idea is super far-fetched, and I can talk more why I think that, but, like, 
Really? Mm -hmm. So internet sleuths, of course, immediately gravitated toward this idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they pointed out the similarities and everything, and they began making tips to authorities. However, the FBI have reportedly run facial recognition software on the photo of the alleged homeless individual and compared it to photographs of Brian, and they did not get a match. And I do want to point out that the photograph of this apparent homeless individual, mm-hmm. um, it's not a super low quality image either. It's oh, okay. its not super grainy and pixelated. It's a fairly decent photograph. Hmm. So I also want to point out, is this a hundred percent guarantee? I don't know. No, I mean, I think you'd almost have to t- chat with this person. Yeah. Um, I'm not certain on what program they use. I'm not certain on the capabilities or the reliabilities of said program. And honestly, I'm not certain if this test was actually run. Huh. But apparently it happened and apparently it did not come back as a match. But I mean, they you they say there's people that look like you, right? Yeah. All around the world and stuff. But then I'm surprised that they didn't try to hunt them this person down at least and have a conversation yeah who knows right uh so anyways that aside uh continuing on the whole skip town theory uh this skipping town suggests that brian would have as you were talking about snuck out of the bar somehow right Mm -hmm. Uh, so some argue perhaps he changed clothes this was planned so changed clothes or threw on a hat um, and hid his identity and this could be a possibility It's a very big possibility, except for one detail. Authorities were able to positively identify every single individual on camera who left the ugly tuna that night. Really? Positive ID on every single person. Wow. And they did not find Brian leave. And there's no way that he could have been in that crowd. Correct. Hmm. They had a positive ID on everyone. Wow. And I don't know how they got a positive ID. My assumption is a lot of bars do like ID scans when you go in. And especially for bigger bars like this, they would have had that technology back in 2006, 100%. So they probably cross-referenced those IDs with the security camera and was able to identify everybody. Yeah. And who knows how many people were still there at two in the morning too, right? Not... Mm -hmm everyone stays till the bitter end like that so maybe you got 50 to 100 people to identify with a list that the bar provides you i'm pretty Mm. sure it's gonna be pretty easy yeah wow okay huh huh okay (laughs) that is interesting to me Mm -hmm. so where's your head at i don't know i really feel like the skipping town thing is not far-fetched because he was going through a lot And having like a ginormous loss like that of his mom can change the way you're thinking and and how you want the like trajectory of your life to go. Mm -hmm. And also the combination of alcohol and if your mental health isn't completely great, cannot always be like the best combination. Yeah. And maybe he could just be like, no, I'm I'm going to just change my life here. That's true. So the security cameras are so hard to get by, though. Something else, though, not only security cameras at this bar, security cameras at the construction site, but other surrounding businesses also provided security cameras. Other bars, 
other businesses. And this area had an absurd amount of security cameras. Reportedly, this area had more security cameras than three or so other cities in the area surrounding them combined. And he was not spotted on mm. any of the footage provided. Okay. Well, I don't know because I can't imagine that. I mean, if there's more theories, you're going to have more theories for us here. How um, on earth could he be still in the bar? That's pretty much the theories. I mean, you can go down some smaller rabbit holes. And like I said, when it comes down to, say, for example, the first theory with the altercation, yeah. say he did get murdered inside the bar. Okay. How does his remains now leave the bar? Exactly. Because that opens up a whole new door. Was anyone caring? I mean, they would have looked at that in the footage when it was anyone carrying anything suspicious out of the freaking bar. Yeah, they would have been looking for that and they found nothing. They did. I'm sure they did DNA testing and stuff on things like the kitchen and found nothing. Some, they found nothing. Something was missed. 100%. Something well, of, had to have Of missed course, here. something was missed, but they looked and they looked and they keep coming up with nothing. So what are they missing? That's the question. How does mm. someone just disappear? <laughs> I don't know. I freaking, I just like, you do this to us too often, Ben. <laughs> you really do. Um, so there are some other theories, like I said, some smaller rabbit holes. I'm going to throw a um, couple of them out there. Of course, there's abduction theories, oh, alien okay. abduction or whatever, oh, right? Wow. Um, entering a parallel universe of sorts. We have that sort of stuff that's becoming more and more prominent yeah. with theories these days with parallel universes. Yeah. Um, who knows what sort of, um, strange anomaly could have occurred for someone to just disappear. There are videos on the internet of supposedly people just disappearing out of, into thin air oh wow um supposedly whether it's just illusion camera tricks fakes or whatever there are videos out there um i've seen some myself that they kind of correlate to this case saying well look at this person disappeared the same thing could have happened to brian whereas that person doesn't disappear they just happen to walk in the same direction as a person who passes in front of them and it's just kind uh, of a trick of the eye sort of thing yeah but that's not to say that it's not a possibility Mm -hmm. So anyways, there are many other theories which are much finer rabbit holes and the possibility of it being a reality is a lot slimmer. Um, but I did want to leave uh, this whole episode off on some final notes here. Meredith and Clint were, of course, the first people that the police interviewed following Brian's disappearance. Usually it's, you know, your significant other. However... Alexis had an alibi. She was out of town with her family. Mm -hmm. It's just pointing that out. So Meredith and Clint were, of course, the first two people that they went to. Now, the two were with him most of the night, and they made multiple attempts to call him and contact him and find him at the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Someone needs to count how many times Ben has oh, said, God. said that this episode. I feel like it's probably like about 10. <laughs> um, Meredith would actually volunteer and take, well, not volunteer. She was asked to, and she agreed to take a polygraph test about a month after the incident to rule her out as a suspect. And she agreed and passed. Clint, however, lawyered up pretty quick. Really? And he reportedly refused to take the polygraph. I mean, that's not, in, that's not a I'm guilty for sure thing. No, it's I don't not. think a lot of people, I think, would turn that down. It's, it's very, very possible. So he has also reportedly been quite abrasive and elusive regarding the disappearance of his friend, Brian. 
ever since. Well, he was probably very intoxicated. Yeah. In 2009, emails to reporters, Clint wrote, quote, any and all questions you have for me should be directed to my attorney, Neil Rosenberg. Hmm. It has also been reported that Brian and Clint actually got in a bit of an argument at the Ugly Tuna Saluna that night. And some actually speculate that Clint may have been involved in a plan with Brian, a plan where he in intended to skip town. Okay, because I did find it very odd that the whole time there that they weren't really hanging out. I mean, I know that the woman joined them. Mm -hmm. I forget her name, Meredith or something. Yes, Meredith. Joined, so maybe Clint and them, her had a thing or who knows. But they had spent the whole night, so it was weird to me while you're telling this that they hadn't spent that much time at the last bar. Well, they showed up 45 minutes before it closed, right? Yeah. So they but all go in 45 minutes together. And then at some point, he disappears into the crowd, but is seen on camera five mm -hmm. minutes before closing. Okay, so you think he may have had a plan and Clint was involved. I'm not saying I think well, that. I'm saying it is some people's theory. This is a theory. theory. Yes. Okay. Um, now, in some interviews, Brian's brother, Derek, would go on and say, something seems off with Clint. Stating, quote, the way he talked about my brother after we went missing, kind of in a negative way. I wouldn't expect that from someone whose friend vanished. Huh. Well, yeah, because you think that you would literally be trying to do everything you could. Yeah, especially and to try to solve and help this. Like, I'm the last person with th this man. Like, oh, my God, yeah. like, let's find him. Like, we got to get going. You could literally hold the key to finding your best friend. Yeah. And you shut up and lawyer up. I mean, I sure understand you are a prime suspect lawyering up. I get that. But being unwilling to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, if you were very willing... And giving all the information, literally everything you knew, you wouldn't necessarily have to just lawyer up. Yeah, if you have nothing to hide. Yeah. Holy. So Derek would continue on in his interview with the subject and mention that he and his family deserve to know any information Clint may have, if any, regarding Brian's disappearance. Absolutely, they do. To this day, Clint has said nothing further. There's no more evidence Regarding Brian's disappearance, nothing has been found and nothing has even come close to proving anything. Brian simply disappeared. Cameras never saw him exit the bar and he's never been seen since. Wow. But I mean, and I'm sure that they examined Clint leaving too. Like what on earth? Holy. Yeah. See, when I dove into this episode, I thought the same sort of thing. He probably got lost in the crowd and they just didn't see. But the fact that there is so many security cameras, not just the ones at the bar exit, there is the security cameras for the bar, the construction site, the surrounding business, uh -huh. and they positive, they had positive identification for every single person caught on camera leaving the bar. And none of them were Brian. Okay, so what do you think? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I lots of times will have theories. This one, I've got fucking nothing. Yeah, this is unbelievable because the theory of him being, even if there was some altercation in the bar mm -hmm. or like he got murdered in the bar. Yeah. The amount of 
forensic evidence that they were probably gathering in there, you would know. Yeah. So I am going to offer my best theory, but again, I have no fucking clue. So my best theory is the construction site exit. He's inebriated. Maybe there's an altercation, whatever. Maybe he's heaven forbid dismembered. Maybe he is stumbling free willingly one way or another. He exits that door. He doesn't go far, which explains why he's not caught on camera because the cameras aren't pointed at that door. Okay. Okay. So if he continues past that door much, he probably would have got caught on camera, but he mm -hmm. doesn't. Mm -hmm. There's probably maybe an immediate dumpster of some sort with construction debris that is pulled out daily or every other day. Maybe there is a pit immediately there that got filled in with concrete right outside that door. I'm going to bet there was some way he could get past the cameras and I'm not going to bet that it was alive. Dang. And you know, and they wouldn't have searched this construction site though. By the time they search it, it's going to be Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. I'm not saying it was murder. It could have been an accident. Oh yeah. Maybe he got totally. out that door stumbled, hit his head and rolled into a trench. Who knows? Maybe he crawled into a chute or something thinking, hey, this is drunk fun and got stuck. And then oh, debris geez. collapsed in on him and he got shoved away in something. Who knows? But my theory is somehow right outside that door, he got shoved inside something somehow and got mixed up and taken away before people even reported him missing. Okay, but why would Clint be so sketch then? Because that there's really would with something like that happening, there would be absolutely no reason for him to be. No, you're right. My my theory for him being so sketch is he's probably feeling defensive because I'm gonna catch blame for this. I didn't do it, uh, but people are gonna point fingers and think I did it. That makes sense. So he's probably feeling responsible, but knowing he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It's very it's really too bad that they can't. I mean, you just can't, but dig up this construction site of sorts but even if they did it they couldn't potentially find anything yeah. and I, I also feel like it'd be very interesting to find that homeless man mm -hmm. well i'm i'm going to assume that most likely once the search started a couple days after this construction starting they would have looked into things like fresh poured concrete mm -hmm. so i'm going to assume he's not buried in concrete or anything so I think something being taken away from the site prior to investigation is the only thing I can think of, but it is a slim chance, but it's the only realistic chance I see. Wow. Or that, most realistic. This poor family. Right. That is horrible. It is. Horrible to deal with. It's absolutely dreadful and I feel so bad for them. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, I'm a, a day wouldn't go by that you're not, it's mm -hmm. not on your mind and you're not trying to figure it out. What's your theory? Oh, man. <laughs> I honestly. The gears are turning. I know. They are so turning. I don't know if I agree with your theory. I don't know. Well, I then find what you that got? one what far you got? fetched. Um, oh, man. Because I'm kind of put on the spot here. It's easier sometimes to come up with theory after you've researched it, you know? But I just feel like the running away thing is my best guess that's what i want to believe too but the one thing that stops me is how did he get past all these cameras 
I don't know. It seems there, like I just feel like there could potentially be a way. What happens if he even spent, this just popped my brain, but had stayed in that bar mm -hmm. and then left later? Oh, they, they checked cameras. Yeah, but. They looked. Could there not be a way that he could get out? There, I think there would, there could be. The only ways are, I mean, maybe there's some air ducting or sewer grate, maybe. I don't know. But the only appropriate entrances and exits are the ones we discussed. And then also, I guess, even too, if he did sneak away and he's living this different life, at some point, you think, especially if it maybe didn't go as, as according to how he hoped or planned, that he'd come back, you yeah. know? yeah. So I don't know. Gosh, I'm really not putting much out there for what I think because this is wild. And I honestly am like, I have no idea. Well, I want to hear what everyone else out there thinks. If <laughs> yeah. you're, you're still listening right now, shoot us a message or an email or something. Let's hear your theories. I'm totally came and open to hear it because I pretty much got nothing at this point. Yeah, this is crazy. Well, we'll definitely like you have to put a post up and everyone can comment on there because 100%. I really want to know what people think too because this one is one of the most, I have no idea. It's like baffling. I'm at a loss. It's, it's like you're at a loss. Baffling. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome. Good, not, good luck sleeping tonight, hey? I feel like my brain is... Mush? It's, it's late right now, but it's not settling down here. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for that. Hopefully your brain settles down a bit. Uh, again, though, we appreciate you guys all being here. Thank you so much for the support you do and show to our show. Uh, we're just... A, couple sitting in a tiny home recording this so thank yeah. you so much yeah um if you join us over on patreon thank you so much if you want to join us over there you can check out our link below uh if you want to just check out us on instagram or our website some merch maybe all the links are below also you can go ahead and rate us on apple podcast and spotify we appreciate those ratings so so much and regardless we just appreciate you for being here so thank you thank, thank you. you so much and honestly that was really good really well done awesome thank you so, until next week, hey? Stay wicked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.